it wasn't the nails. Something held him on that cross. But it wasn't the nails. Over the next few weeks, we're going to take time to think about Christ on the cross. Why? Who? And we're going to talk about what held him on to that cross. Our series is called Passion. You're familiar with that term at this time of year. We talk about the passion of Christ. When it's used in that way, the word passion comes from a Latin word that means suffering. When we remember the suffering of Christ on the cross, we say it's his passion. As we prepare for Easter, we're going to spend these weeks thinking about the passion of Christ, his suffering for us. On the way to the empty tomb, we need to walk carefully and quietly down the Via Dolorosa. We'll move slowly and reverently up that hill called Calvary. And then we'll pause long enough to see him on that old rugged cross and hear him cry out for our forgiveness. We need to stand at his feet and see his broken body and his shed blood. We need to look up to him as he dies for us and experience his grace and his love. And we're going to spend the next really four weeks doing just that. There is, there is that excitement within us that, that drives us to the garden tomb where we want to see that, that stone rolled away and we want to see that linen folded up laying down on, on the rock in an empty tomb. But lest we rush too quickly to that tomb, we need to see how and where and why he died. I invite you on a journey. Over these next few weeks, let us consider together his passion. This morning, we're going to begin with the most basic and the most profound truth of Christianity. And that is that overwhelming love of God. Where should we start if we consider the most basic and most profound truth of Christianity? We have to start with the most basic and profound verse that we all learned when we were kids. If you have your copy of Scripture, I want to invite your attention to John chapter 3, beginning at verse 16. You say, well, I already know that. I know you know it, but I want you to see the words again. Would you turn with me? John 3 and 16, for God so loved the world. Now hear that. For God loved the world so much is how we might translate that today. It's not that, it's not just saying because he loved the world he did this, but it's saying that for God so 
loved. He loved the world so much, so deeply, so profoundly that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There are two crucial statements made by Jesus in the opening segment of that verse. I want to make sure that we hear both of those very important statements. The first one is that God loved the world. For God so loved the world. And it's, it is key to our understanding of our own existence that we get that. It is of primary importance as we head toward Easter that we understand Easter happened because Good Friday happened and Good Friday happened because God so loved the world. And that word for love is a powerful word. It is the Greek word agape. You are probably familiar, if you've been in church for some time, you're familiar with the, the fact that Greek has different words for love. There is one word for love that I might use for Robert. I love my buddy, Robert. We have a friendship. There is another word for love that I might use for my love for my wife. There is that intimate, personal, one-on-one love. There is a love that we might share when we talk about a love for mom. And then there's a love that is agape. A love that is of of incredible, powerful importance to our very lives and to our understanding of God. Agape love is that voluntary, sacrificial commitment to the well-being of another. And that's, that's just my definition. But if, if you look at what agape love is, there's, there's a choice involved. It's voluntary. There's always a sacrifice made. Maybe when we agape someone... Maybe we just sacrifice our time. Maybe we sacrifice our resources. But love always calls us to a sacrifice for the well-being of another. Love never calls us to sacrifice so everyone will notice our sacrifice. But love always calls us to a sacrifice that will benefit someone. Agape love is that voluntary, sacrificial commitment to the well-being of another. That's the kind of love that God has for you. That's the word here. For God so agape the world. God loved us with that voluntary sacrificial commitment to our well-being so much that he gave his son. It is that love that is the reason that he sent his son and it is that love It caused Jesus to stay on the cross all the way until the sacrifice was complete. You remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross, we have recorded for us seven statements that he made. And after he had completed his task, 
He said, and, and the scripture tells us, he said it with a loud voice, not giving up, not, not, not dying with his last breath, giving up as if it's over, but he said it with a loud voice, which means it was a declaration of victory. He said, it is finished. Not saying that his life was over, but saying that his task was complete, that his mission was accomplished. It, the reason that he was sent, the reason he came, it is finished. And until it was finished, he obeyed the Father all the way through, and he continued because of his love for me and you. Till that time, he loved that greatly. I think about those nails. We would say that, you know, physically, they nailed his wrists and ankles to that wood. So physically, we would say that it's the nails that held him onto it. But think about who he was and understand what he was doing, and do you really think that the creator of all the universe, the one who created everything that exists, could be held to a piece of wood by a piece of metal? He stayed on the cross, not because they put him on the cross, but because his love compelled him to complete the task. To be the Lamb of God dying for the sins of the world. God so loved the world. And then notice the second, the second powerful statement in this text. Not only does it say for God so loved the world, but it says he gave his only begotten son. When you love someone with, an, with a, an overwhelming, powerful, agape love, you give. You give what's best. He loved the world so much that he gave not just forgiveness, not just a way out, it never says, by the way, that he loved the world so much that he gave them a religion. But he loved the world so much he gave his only begotten son. The rest of us can be adopted into the family. But Jesus was the only begotten of the Father. He, he was the best that God had to give and he gave his son because he loved you ever notice that gifts that mean the most are the ones that show your love through the thought and the care that you put into the gift? It, the, the gifts that mean the most are not always the thing itself. Sometimes the thing actually represents the love and the thought that you put into it. For example, when Ashley, my daughter, when Ashley was just a kid, I, I told her one time that I had never won a trophy. Now, 
I know that sounds shocking to young parents and children today when everybody gets a trophy just because you showed up with your britches on. But there was a day when you had to earn trophies. And, and my family, we just, I won't go into it, but I just didn't have the opportunity. I didn't, I never won a trophy as a kid. And Ashley was so sensitive to that that one Father's Day, she went to the trophy shop and she handmade me my very first trophy. It says, Happy Father's Day. Love, Ashley. Now that's cool. It's just a plastic, I mean, that thing, that thing probably worth a buck fifty. But it's priceless. It's the love and the thought that went into that thing. And that means so much to me. When Ashley graduated from West High, go Trojans, she moved away from mom and dad and went to TCU, go Frogs. And she knew how hard it was for me to say goodbye and to be with, with not able to see her every day. And so one Christmas right after she left, she hand-painted this for me. It says, the love between a father and daughter knows no distance. And down here's the state of Texas, and there's one heart at West and one at Fort Worth. Yeah, if I was a sensitive kind of fella, that'd make me cry. And I did. And I still do. It was the love and the thought that went into the gift, really, right? Not long after Ashley got married, she made a, had a wallet made for me, and you can tell I wore it plumb out. But that wallet that she had made for me has etched into it a picture of the, of the dance at the, the wedding, the father-bride dance. It's a picture of me and her on that wallet. It was that thought and that love that went into that thing. You know, my dad died when I was real young, and I don't have very many, very many memories of him. But not long ago, Ashley got in touch with my brother, and they dug up a document that had my daddy's signature on it. She got a copy of my daddy's signature and had it etched into a pocket knife. And now I've got, I can carry that knife and have my daddy's handwriting with me all the time. It's the thought and the love behind the gift. Don't ever allow yourself to ever again see the cross as the beginning of a religion. The cross is the love and the thought that God put into a plan that would help you be redeemed, to help you get right with him again, to give you the opportunity to have a free, abundant life and a life that would 
last forever. God so loved you. It's one thing to understand that he loved everybody. He's such a big God and he's defined by love. Yeah, he loves everybody. But when you finally wake up to the reality that God loves you, it'll change your life. God so loves you that he gave his only son that whosoever, even you, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. In other words, doesn't, you don't have to die spiritually. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. No greater gift was ever given than when God so loved that he gave his own son. We used to sing that, well, we still do. I love singing the song that says God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, to heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. Romans 5 and 8 says it this way, that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, understand that center part of it, that middle part, because that's key to the whole thing. It would be one thing for God as the creator, as the, the, the all-powerful being, to look at those of us who were created by him and messed everything up. He could look at us as the ones who messed everything up and he could say, as soon as you can fix the problems you caused, then we can be right together again. When you make it up to me, then we can hang out again. But he didn't work that way, did he? God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us you didn't earn it you don't deserve it it's a gift God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners Christ died for us that's an awesome love through our series we're going to learn a, a we have kind of a theme verse if you will and we're going to learn it together as as a memory verse. Some of you already have it, but we all need to know it. I want to show you John, 1 John chapter 4 and 10. Let's read that together. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We're going to read it each week, and I want you to work on it during the week. By the time we get to Easter, surely we can all have that verse memorized and have it within us. God loved the world. God sent his son. So the question is, how do we respond? What do we do about this? Well, God is loving us all we have to do 
is receive that love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him. You believe that God is who he says he is and that he's doing what he says he's doing. He says, I love you so much I've given my son. And all we need do is say, I believe that. Thank you. I receive your love. And then when we receive that kind of love, it's almost a, almost a, a foregone conclusion that we're going to want to respond with love. When we understand his love for us, we can't help but love him back. And as we love him back, we're going to show that to him by sharing his love with others. So how do we respond? It's wrapped up for us in Matthew 22, beginning at verse 37. He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind. What do you do with the fact that God loved you so much he gave his son? You receive that love and then you love him back with everything you've got. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the great and first commandment and the second is like to it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. What do we do as people who have been loved? We love God and we love others. We become his children, therefore we take on the, the family resemblance. And since our God is a God of love, we become people of love. We love God and we love others. Remember agape? Remember what we said agape was? It was that kind of love that is voluntary, sacrificial, commitment to the well-being of another. And now that we've experienced it, Jesus calls us to love others with that kind of love. In John chapter 13 and 34, he says a new commandment. Earlier he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Now he says a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. If Jesus loves us with that agape, sacrificial love that changes us, he then says, now you go love others with that kind of love. We say, God, I, I, I can do the phileo kind of love. Can, can, I, can I just be his buddy? Is that good enough? Jesus said, you love him with the love I loved you, agape. Well, Jesus, do you realize how annoying that guy is? I mean, come on. He's unlovable. I dare not put words in the mouth of the Savior, but perhaps in our imagination we might hear him say, so were you. A new commandment I give you, you love one another just as I have loved you. Well, what kind of love was it? It was enough that it held him on the cross. Agape, sacrificial love. And now we are to love one another in that way. We love God with everything we've got and we love others 
with that kind of love. 1 John chapter 4 and 19 reminds us that we love because he first loved us. So the passion of Christ refers to his suffering. It also refers or reminds us of his love. It wasn't the nails that held him on the cross. It was his love for us. The reason he came in the first place was because God the Father gave him to the world that he loved so that we might be reconciled to him. It is perhaps the most simple and yet the most profound truth in all of Christianity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life.